Welcome to Episode 7 of Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, in which I interview Zarathustra and Enoch the Aquarians. This episode is brought to you in part by the letter A. A equals A equals A. 1. Anything equals anything equals anything. This is the way the reactive mind thinks, irrationally identifying thoughts, people, objects, experiences, statements, etc. with one another where little or no similarity actually exists. 2. All differences are probably identities, and all identities are different, and all similarities are imaginary. We have a broad dissertion on this, dot dot dot, as it affects insane behavior. Everything is everything else. Mr. X looks at a horse, knows it's a house, knows it's a school teacher. So when he sees a horse, he is respectful. 3. This is the behavior of the reactive mind. Everything is identified with everything on a certain subject. If you'd like to follow along at home with this new segment called Tech Support, go ahead and type in the URL e-meter-star.com forward slash books dot files forward slash capital T-E-C-H-D-I-C-T dot PDF. All the knowledge, none of the bullshit. This is the book they don't want you to have. Back to the show. I wanted to talk a little bit about the word Aquarian. Sometimes people find out one way or the other that one of my names is Pymander Aquarian. They'll say, oh, my brother's an Aquarius. When's your birthday? Aquarian as a surname refers to the age of Aquarius, the age that is upon us, the age that uh, many say we've already transitioned into. This is already the beginning of the age of Aquarius now. The age of Pisces was the age of belief. The age of Aquarius is the age of knowledge. The age of Pisces started with Jesus and all of that. There's, there was the age of Taurus, where we built pyramids. And at the end of that, they destroyed a golden calf symbol, a symbol of Taurus, in favor of a ram's horn, a uh, symbol of Aries. At the end of all that, we transitioned into the age of Pisces, the age of belief where early Christians would draw half a circle in the sand if they met a stranger they suspected might be one of them, and if the other completed the symbol and drew that fish you see on the backs of certain bumpers, that meant that they were cool, and they would be able to tell them where the secret cult underground meeting was going on, where they were having this heretical thing called the Catholic Eucharist. Back then, only the coolest hipsters were Christians. So now the age of Aquarius is upon us. And who's going to say what that means? Who's going to define that? Well, a few people have come along and added their contributions. For example, there was a man initiated in the original Golden Dawn named Paul Foster Case. He came out to L.A., established Builders of the Adidam down the street, right down Avenue 50. When you get to Figueroa, you turn left, and it's on your left. It's that brick building. And uh, after he died, Ann Davies took over. At one point, she... Or he, I don't know the exact details because I'm not really from that school, though I am fond of it. Um, one of them, either Paul Foster Case or Ann Davies, surely, uh, wrote the Aquarian Doxology. I affirm my oneness with all that is, life eternal, sublime and triumphant. I am that life now and forever. I am 
So as we begin the age of Aquarius, some things are changing. Some things drop off. We leave some things behind. And uh, there's, there's new things for us to accept. For example, in a couple hundred years, we might all be able to think to one another. In a couple hundred years, creativity and inspiration and words like that will have different meanings because of that. People will be and have been becoming increasingly androgynous. Gender roles are not as clearly defined. The age of Pisces was the age of belief. Now, if you play the Pisces chord on the piano, in other words, if you look at the sky and you break it into 12 parts, we spoke about the rainbow banana band sphere a few episodes ago. If you look at the octave on a piano key, you'll notice it's actually 12 half steps if you count all the white keys and black keys. So you can do the same thing with music that you can do with light. The way that it's been done traditionally for the past 130 years is C is uh, representative of red and Aries. C-sharp, then, is red-orange and Taurus. I'll let you figure out the rest. So Pisces wraps back around to the B and the color crimson, what they call crimson in the old Windsor-Newton paints, the ones in the little pig's bladder that started Impressionism. Moyna Mathers was using those colors, and so she used the names of those particular paints. Hence, in the Golden Dawn, we call reddish-purple crimson. Anyway, the concept of the Age of Aquarius... And everything else that was woven together to form the Source family in around 1970 to 1972 existed before the Source family did. It was uh, a very conscious effort toward the creation of a spiritual path and discipline for the New Age, for people in 1970s, for people moving forward, for people in the 21st century and beyond. Some people care about it a lot. Some people some people care very passionately about it. Others, many people who were in the original group, think of it as kind of a, a weird phenomenon that happened in the 70s. Others think of it as something that is continuing into the future. I personally think it was such a beautifully enacted dramatization of a changeover of the ages that if for no other reason than just to do honor to a very artistic esoteric nerd in recent history, I have a great deal of interest in it. And while these original Source family members are still among us, I would like to meet uh, as many, many of them as I can and find out all the different points of view that they have on, on things. And if they have any ideas for ways that what has been tried can be improved, or the things that maybe worked, that maybe have been lost, then the, these are things I want to know about. So when you play the crimson chord, and you play it major, you play it happy, it, it, what you're hearing when you do that is the sound of the, of the tone of belief, that crimson chord, harmonizing in a trine. So in the case of Pisces major, the next trine up would be Cancer, which is yellow-orange, and the key phrase, I feel. So in other words, if you believe on one hand and feel on the other, they go together really well. You have a trine. You have a nice, happy sound. But when it starts to degrade about a thousand years later, the cancer tone starts to move down a half a step to Gemini. And thus, for the past thousand years, we've been dealing with the square, the disharmony, the sad sound, in other words, of 
belief on one hand and thinking on the other. The good news is we're transitioning into the age of Aquarius. The thinking will remain for another thousand years, fortunately, uh, but our main route is shifting from belief to knowledge. So the age of Aquarius is the age of knowledge, curiosity, imagination. There's basically two ways to approach astrology. One is as a victim, and the other is as a magician. You can look at your horoscope and say, oh, it's not a good day to go outside, like Pee Wee Herman at the beginning of, you know, Lost His Bicycle. Or you can look at the influences of what's going on in the stars, and then as master of the universe standing at the center of your universe, guide and direct those forces to the best possible good. For me, that means staying away from addictions. It means practicing yoga and meditation. It means seeking to understand and reconcile opposing views, opposing religions, different forms of symbolism, in order to, at a very meta level, heal the chasms and the schisms that have divided, that have divided humanity for thousands of years, and help us move forward toward a kind of mental digestion of history so that we can adapt and become a better fit for the world to come. Not in some freaky Book of Revelation kind of world to come. I just mean the changes in technology, the changes in the way people see things, the shifting baseline syndrome. When our grandchildren are born and they grow up taking things for granted that you and I are horrified by, and then we inevitably become those cranky old people that are, oh, what's the world coming to? When I was a kid, you could answer a question without consulting the Evermind. So, with all of this in mind, I personally think it's worth noting that uh, Father Yod was fond of Paul Foster Case and Builders of the Adidam and likely attended their public ceremonies in which they had already been reciting the Aquarian doxology for ten years by the time the Source Family Restaurant was established. So... While it's not technically part of source family, you know, doctrine, as it were, I think it is related. I will share with you, though, just a, a few highlights from the teachings of Father Yod. The following are just a few excerpts, a few quotes from the teachings which were given to the members of the source family by Father Yod in 1972. Yahoah. You think with your mind. In other words, it is your servant, the instrument which the real you uses to manifest. The purpose now is to bring the mind under complete control of the real you. Self-confidence and poise come to all who gain control of their minds. The three or four numbers that work the combination of a safe are simplicity itself, but unless they are known and manipulated in their proper rotation or sequence, the lock cannot be opened. Similarly, there are limitless forces at the call of your mind if you have but the combination. The satisfactory life is a life of continual growth. There is no such thing as standing still. The Mystic Road, Father Yo. Yahweh. The greatest devil in the universe is fear, and the greatest crime is ignorance. 
ignorance of the marvelous power innate in every human being. The sooner you realize this truth and act upon the biblical promise, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you, the sooner will you enter into the promised land of good and plenty, and your world will become for you what it was intended to be, a world of continuous enjoyment. By applying the sacred oriental occult knowledge of the workings of the mind, nerves, and nerve centers, and the proper use of the universal life energy. Okay, I think that should be about enough to give you a taste of what we're talking about here. I think that of all the religious-slash-cult-type phenomena that I've uh, read about or heard about, I think that Padma Sambhava is pretty cool, but he's a chauvinist asshole, the guy who started Tibetan Buddhism. Dogen is awesome, as long as you, like, ignore all the parts where he's talking shit about all the other kinds of Buddhism, uh, the guy who started Zen. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of examples of that. I mean, St. Augustine, I went through a period of hating him because I was in, in touch with my Celtic roots. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that Father Yoda and the Source family, um, they hit the ball out of the park. I don't know. I, I, I think it was great. I, and if you haven't seen the Source family documentary, I highly recommend it. I think it's still on Netflix. Anyhow, <clears throat> moving along. For those of you who've been paying attention, i.e. those of you who've been listening to previous episodes of The Esoteric Nerd and my other podcasts, you already know who Enoch the Aquarian and Zarathustra the Aquarian are. Enoch the Aquarian we met in episode 3, and Zarathustra the Aquarian you'll get to know a bit during this. Uh, it's sort of an interview um, and sort of a conversation. I... Uh, the general topic at hand is the hypothetical situation of what if in 20, 40, or 100 years someone is inspired to build a school inspired by the Source family and they're listening to this and uh, what advice do you have for them um, for the building of that hypothetical new school? So let's get to that interview, shall we? Zarathustra the Aquarian. I didn't realize there was a the. Well, everyone, when we first got the this decision to make uh, uh, official new names, surnames and everything, uh, then everybody just did it and didn't have a middle name, so we just used the middle initial T to stand for the. Wow. I tend to think of, of Isis Aquarian as Isis Aquarian, not Isis the Aquarian. But was that originally? She originally, on her license, driver's license, was uh, Isis the Aquarian, or or some middle name. I don't know what it was. That was 1971. Was that at the restaurant, or was it at the mother house? Well, the restaurant was the mother house. That's where everybody had to work that was in the mother house. Oh, and then... 200 people in that. That was when the vans were in the parking lot. Eight vans, right. Wow. So did you crash in a van? No, they all uh, made it safely over to the new place uh, for the eight vans. And uh, we got thrown out of the uh, hills next to the Griffith Park uh, Conservatory. That was that place on Las Feliz. Wasn't that the mother house? I always thought the... That was the mother house. And then we had to move to the father house on Nichols Canyon, right right above uh, Franklin there. So um, the restaurant was the mother house, and then there was the building on... Well, for a long time, when we were in the uh, 
mother house and all, all the time uh, father kept two residences one above the source there and then one in the mother house and you um you made shakes you made a, a shake that a friend of mine named uh well he goes by fig newton um, but he i used to be his secretary at the screen actors guild and he uh remembers being a teenager and, and uh drinking shakes from uh, from the source family and you were saying that you put <laughs> uh, high, yeah, high-protein powder and uh, all these great ingredients. I don't remember the recipe. Yeah. Lysergic something? Well, that's what the, the uh, today's uh, sacred herb is now. It's like LSD quality, acid quality uh, marijuana. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then the concentrates might, uh, the, I mean, when you concentrate something, then, yeah. It's another quantum level more stronger. So did you get your name directly from Father Yo? Yeah. He said you are Zarathustra. One of the big texts in the family that we're all reading at the time was the uh, Aquarian uh, Gospel uh, with uh, uh, the Essenes. And uh, this guy, Edmund Bordeaux-Zicay, have you heard of him? No. Yeah, he... Uh, did you have a conversation with Enoch the Aquarian recently? Yeah, yeah. I told him we'd be calling him tonight about 9.30. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. How do you do that? Um, I'll do it on my phone. Okay. Do you have his number? Hello? Hello. Is that you again? Is this the Pymander? It is. It is Pymander the Aquarian. And Zarathustra, the Aquarian. Oh. Very good. No, I'm Andrew, the Aquarian? Well, as of now, I do. I didn't realize it was appropriate. I didn't know everybody had that. So now I'm Pymander, the Aquarian. That's what the D stands Now I know. Uh, we're live, by the way. Welcome to the podcast, Enoch, the Aquarian. All right. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the podcast. Everybody's uh, met you. I believe it was episode three. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you have your uh, notebooks handy, any of them? Oh, I have plenty. Yeah, sure. Okay, just maybe if you can get one handy, because I'd like you to just, you know, like you, when we call every night when we talk? Uh, sure. Real quick, yeah. um, I I invited um, Saori Nishida in Japan to choose her own name. Um, you know, I, I guess it was sort of presumptuous of me, but I, you know, uh, she she chose the name Waterfall, and I hit a gong and declared that she was now Waterfall Aquarian. And I found out later from Jin that there already was a Waterfall Aquarian who passed away about a year ago. And I was wondering if you guys say, or if you thought it would be appropriate to say anything about that since... Uh, it was about four years ago. Four years ago? Uh, yeah, I think it was probably four years ago that he left the body. Uh, yeah, he was really a stalwart brother of the uh, the source, uh, but uh, I think he got into uh, alcoholism and substance abuse and a bad diet, and uh, you got to maintain the standard, and uh, it'll catch up with you. That's rough. Yeah, I've been on that track before. In fact, pretty recently. You know, I'm 
only uh you know i don't know if you guys know i um when i met jen and i met i met zarathustra and then about oh i don't know a few months later i met isis and jen on the same day by coincidence i told you about that um on, on that day i was still about 208 pounds and uh and i had lower back pain and and i was involved in a in a really unhealthy situation with my cult at the time and uh so uh after after that day i saw the i mean i had already seen the picture of father yoda in the nude meditating and i was thinking that man if i'm going to be you know able to do full lotus and be you know that awesome when i have a big gray beard i better start now so i started running up and down the stairs and uh, every day during lunch and I started uh, forcing myself to sit in lotus position, and it hurt. And uh, so I started taking up yoga. I started practicing yoga every day during lunch, and then eventually I just got to really love it, and I started to practice it in the morning too. Then I switched to riding my bicycle. Uh, then I started riding my bicycle all the way to work. And, uh, you know, then I finally, you know, just as a – at the time, it, you know, it seemed kind of weird. I took a picture of myself sitting in the nude in lotus position with, you know, looking straight ahead in zazen. And uh, people thought that was a little weird, but in in my own heart, I w- I felt that I was I had I was on the path, and now and I was I was on my own path. I was on. Yeah. I, on uh, you have no idea how many uh, naked yogis sit in the forest <laughs> and meditate <laughs> in India. Nobody says a thing. <laughs> they have no problem with that at all. Yeah, yeah, it's a white dude. They're, they're like naked saints. They're allowed to be naked. There are some saints and holy men that walk around naked, and nobody says anything about that. Mm. And that's how tolerant they are of saints, and because they they feel the aura of that yogi. Yeah. And yoga is powerful, and I uh, and you're teaching it now. Yeah, I'm teaching it now. I'm 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 in my first uh, you know, I I've been teaching a year and a half and I'm teaching at Crunch Fitness. And uh so I mean, I'm looking forward to one day being the guy who's been teaching 10 years and really has a good a great class going. Um people people seem to like my class. You know, I I know plenty of teachers who are better than I am, so I'm I I hold a higher standard for myself and I seek to always improve. And uh Is it straight hatha? Hatha yoga? Yeah. I uh I bring in pranayama a bit and uh I, I I guide them through a deep relaxation at the beginning and at the end where they let go of um uh, you know drama and uh bad Oh yeah, form. Very, very important at the end of class. Yeah. To do that relaxation. Yeah. It really helps. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, That's the way I was taught. I was taught by a, a yogini in Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> Her name was June Baines, and she swore like a sailor and smoked cigarettes. <laughs> but she taught me the right way to do the the postures. Yeah. I took her her uh, yoga intensive, and I learned the exact way to do all of the postures, all eighty four. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I've had great teachers along the way, all along the way. And now I kind of combine magic and yoga, just like Crowley did. <laughs> better, better have both wings. Pop you better fly. Too. 
east and west. That's what the uh, uh, father said. Uh, I'm here to unite east and west. Mm. Uh, he came out of Kundalini Yoga, but he also had an esoteric backing with uh, Manly P. Hall and uh, Eugene Person and Corrine uh, uh, Helene and uh, BOTA and uh, so many other disciplines. Who was that? Uh, um, who was the, the, the one that was teaching Kundalini? And he had the big Dorja up on the banner, and there was a huge crowd of thousands of people. And Father Yod, before he was Father Yod, he uh, was helping administrate it with uh, Mother. Uh, what? Oh. Yeah, yeah, with Om. Um, yeah, Mother Om. Yeah. Do you, uh, the Yogi Bajan. Oh, by, uh, how do you spell that? Bajan. B H A J A N. Thank you. I've been, I've, I've I've tried to. Bhajan means sacred song in Hindi or Sanskrit. Nice. He was a, uh, before he, he was a customs, Yogi Bhajan was a customs officer who got religion. And uh, he had had, uh, learned some of the secrets of Kundalini Yoga. Mm -hmm. But there were a few saints that, uh, there was this one saint that wouldn't share his secret. And Yogi Bhajan pulled a gun on him and said, if you don't give me your secret, I'm going to shoot you. And the saint gave it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's how intense Yogi Bhajan was. And the reason Father followed Yogi Bhajan, he said Yogi Bhajan had a a better, bigger ego than I did. To say that about Jim Baker <laughs> is quite a thing to say. <laughs> Wasn't he a bank robber, among other things? Oh, yeah, sure. He was talking about cracking a safe in the beginning of uh, the Mystic Road. Well, he, uh, yeah, uh, that's how he financed some of the restaurants that he opened. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about finding the keys to the universe is like cracking a safe. <laughs> Well, you, you have to also remember that Hermes is known as uh, the, uh, the uh, a thief in, in uh, Greek mythology. Hermes is uh, he's the, the patron god of, of thieves, kind of. As soon as he was born, he ran away from his mother and stole Apollo's cattle, was it? And then uh, sacrificed one and made the first leer with the uh, sinew from the fat. And then when Apollo uh, did the tries, yeah, yeah, and he he was the father of Pan. I just read that today. Hermes was was the father of Pan, the, <laughs> the Sylvan god. I'm trying to remember. I think Hermes' mom was May, and she's one of the sisters. Maya. My yep, yeah. right. One of the deriv May M A E is derivative of Maya. That's my wife's middle name. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and uh, she was one of the Pleiades. Right, right, which is Subaru in Japanese. And uh, they were all daughters of Atlas. That's another story. Uh-huh. He was one of the Titans. He was one of the few Titans that uh, Jupiter allowed to stay above ground. He buried the the rest of them uh, in Tartarus. But Atlas... Uh, was allowed to prowl around until he uh, 
offended somebody and he had to bear the world on his shoulders oh, right. for eternity or something like that. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm into right now. I'm, I'm studying mythology and relating it to the stars uh, because I got interested in the Pleiades first. Then I got interested in Orion. Then I found out there's a relationship between Orion and the Pleiades that he pursued as a hunter. He was a hunter. He used to hunt with Artemis, uh, the hunting uh, goddess, also called Diana. But he was uh, actively pursuing the Pleiades, one of the, one of the Pleiades. And uh, he never caught them, but uh, mercifully, uh, Jupiter or Zeus uh, put him in the heavens after he, he was uh, slain by Artemis, actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's a whole story that Aurora, the goddess of dawn, was jealous uh, because he was pursuing uh, the Pleiades. So uh, he had Apollo uh, trick his sister, Artemis, into shooting him as uh, Jupiter put him in the heavens next to the Pleiades. That's where I'm at now. See, I'm, I'm exploring all these. These have, uh, to me, these are like archetypes of the unconscious. As we explore these, we understand more about the symbols of magic and where they come from. Right. And so... That's, uh, I'm, I'm a studier right now. I've got Edith Hamilton's mythology and Bullfinch's mythology. I'm tracing the lineage of all the gods and doing all this stuff. Uh, just, uh, it's a really good study. Nice. It leads back to esoteric stuff. Because uh, if you're going to uh, invoke a god or a goddess, you should know their background. Right, I feel. Uh, as for I haven't gone. I've only done the elemental work. I can't say I've done any real planetary work, but that's the next step. And then you go to the zodiac. But uh, for each planet, you have to invoke a god, and uh, or a goddess, and you should know their visage. Uh, there are some that believe in magic you should actually uh, assume uh, in your invocation their god or goddess form. Uh, call them into you with uh, the incense that has corresponded to them, the color, uh, the vibration, the, uh, 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 all, the, the all, all the seven correspondences that go with uh, all the 777 in, uh, in Crowley's book. You'll find all the scents uh, for every uh, every one of the five senses. Uh, there's something to be invoked uh, corresponding to the god or god that you want to bring. Uh, you burn a certain incense. Uh, you vibrate a certain tone. You look at a certain color. You invoke a certain color. And uh, uh, it's... Uh, it's all the senses are fed. Uh, I think you partake of something that, uh, uh, some kind of food that is also sacred uh, to the planetary god or goddess as well. I think Polk Runyon has uh, a Eucharist like that going on. Um, 
from what I've heard, uh, a few years ago, at least he did. Yeah. And uh, when uh, when you uh, do planetary energy, mm-hmm. do you use the hexagram? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what I what I do is uh, if now I know you you mentioned you don't have a lotus wand. I recommend making one. There's instructions everywhere. Um, oh yeah. I, at, I, uh, uh, yeah. David Griffin, of course, is selling them for hundreds of dollars, plated in gold, but Chick Cicero, you know, that was one of their little grievances. Was was uh, Chick Cicero said, you know, you need to paint that, and uh, oh yeah, it's like uh, coloring your own tarot cards. Right. You got to do that. Yeah. Or even making your own tarot cards. Yeah. It's like you know, no, it, I, it can be gold, sure, but you you got to paint it. You know, that's all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, a magician should make his own magical instrument. So I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I. Uh, I made my lotus wand. I bought my sword. I think it'd be pretty cool to. to yeah, especially yeah. You work. can't really forge your own sword, but yeah. you can, uh, like, uh, bless it and put uh, sigils on it. Of course, yeah. Yeah, right. Definitely you make it make it your own. Yes, exactly. There's a. It's funny because in, in the uh, Golden Dawn, at least as I know it. Um, you get in, and then there's there's no prescribed order in which you need to do things. But in order to consecrate your lotus wand, you need a consecrated uh, rose cross lamen and four consecrated elemental tools. And in order to consecrate your rose cross lamen, you need to have a consecrated lotus wand and four elemental tools. And in order to consecrate each of your four elemental tools, you need a consecrated rose cross lamen and lotus wand. And same with the sword. You, I mean, you know, you need everything to be consecrated in order to consecrate the sword. So basically, it's a question of where does the consecration begin? And, it, that, and it's an interesting question because um, it, it's in the motion. It's in the, it's in the current that you start to build up as you go through it. It's like, where does the motor begin? Well, when you go, that's where it begins, you know. And, and so as soon as you're putting the effort into doing these consecration ceremonies, with unconsecrated tools because you have to do it wrong first you have to do it wrong several times in order to finally be able to do it right and consecrate your tools with consecrated tools and yates never got to his first shot you know people talk about how yates was in the golden dawn but he never consecrated his tools the first time around at least that's what i heard so when I, first yeah. time I consecrated my tools and i came out of the temple they told me i had passed yates and i was like what <laughs> really yeah, well, that's the, that's kind of the reason Crowley uh, left the order. There was so much laziness and so much slipshod uh, 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 invoking and uh, not really uh, with a lot of emotion. Without emotion, your ritual is not going to work. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's why we're going to do the Saturn ritual. I think we should do it. It's a perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not bound to any. I used to be bound to to uh, uh, something called a canon that stated that I wasn't allowed to do um, Crowley's rituals. But I'm no longer bound to that canon, so I wouldn't mind doing the uh, the old school. Uh, I, I if if we're going to write new Eleusinian mysteries, I suppose I should go through the ones that have already been written. I've I've read the script and uh you know run through it verbally 
in a in a table read several times, uh, take, right. taking the role of the the number three, the Capricorn, brother Capricornus. Yeah, um, we do it uh, like readers theater, just a small group of people. We could do it on the podcast. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. But, Are you going to put music on this later and then make a podcast of this? Oh, this is the podcast. I'm recording. Um, the phone is recording him, and the microphone's recording us. So I'm going to weave them together. But I, I, I wasn't planning on putting music, but I could you, put in you put a lot of music in one of them. I yeah, a lot of. Music. Oh, that's going to be in this one. That yeah. the introduction. Well, is that for number you. seven that was on your car? Yeah, the one that. Uh, I mean, well, it was kind of a big. I, I was, I was, I was um, telling a lot of, of. I was like bringing a lot of attention to myself from people I don't want to get the attention of in that episode. So I'm actually kind of relieved and uh, totally understandable that he would ask me to take it down once he thought about all the stuff that we talked about. And uh, so that a few people heard it while it was up. It was up for a few hours. So will we release it as this one? Uh, well, this is going to this is gonna have the same introduction that that one had, uh, where I talk about Father Yod and where I, where I recite some of the uh, uh, Mystic Road and... Uh, with the with the Yahoa in the background, so we could play some Yahoa in the background. I'm sure that if anybody would mind some of that mel the mellower background stuff. And I'll trim down some of the fat in our you know and and, and get call out the best of what we talk about. Well, what you talked about in that last one that I heard was straight out of uh, Mystic Road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wanted to um, kind of like pick people's brains about the possibility of like, okay, what if hypothetically 20, 30, 40 years from now, you have someone, me or someone else, who uh, who's really passionate about the Source family and they want to do it and they want to they bring it back and they want to create a school in its image and let's say this person is a billionaire. Um, now, a billion dollars in 20 years isn't going to go as far as it does today, but still, it'll go pretty far. And so I kind of want to get some advice for that hypothetical future person who inherits the legacy uh, one way or the other, whether it's a schism of a schism of a schism or not. You know, I don't really care. If someone gets inspired and then they do it and it's not recognized by who, whoever inherits the thing in Hawaii, I, I'm not too worried about that. I consider the, the Salt Lake City to be part of the Vatican. I consider them kind of of the same. Of the, <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> so, uh, you know, that's pretty much that. I mean, it's, it's the, the monk in the corner that's doing Ave Maria Gratia Plena Domenuticum Benedictitu and Moliere. It's not the other people in the corner going, fuck those Greeks and their democracy. You know, they need to bow to the Pope. I, you know, I mean, whatever the bullshit is that uh, that divides people is is always bullshit, it seems. Um, but that being said, I still, even though people are going to have different opinions, everybody probably that has an opinion about how that future school ought to be built will have a different opinion. So I told, um, you know, Jin, I want to know the Jin school of thought. And uh, so if anybody has like a uniquely formed school of thought, you know, then that would be their school of thought. Um, but it, you know, not everybody has to have a school of thought. But I think for him, there might it might you might want to. Uh, but you know, so basically, that's that's what I'm getting at. So if you guys have any any thoughts, because this 
the, these words are, uh, you know, being recorded, and a uh, hundred years from now, people will be hearing it. So, well, with that in mind, you know, it's Irish, right? And isn't that Sinn Fein? Aren't, aren't you have Irish in you? I have a little bit of Irish. Are you still there? Oh, I'm here. Um, um, oh. I'm, I'm up to the opinion first. You got to go back to basics. First things first. You got to have a community that understands diet. You have to have a community that understands breath. It has to have yoga in it. It has to have meditation in it. It has to have uh, the Kabbalah in it. It has to have the name. Everything of the Kabbalah comes out of the name. Um, it has to uh, uh, not be a religion. It has to be an ever-changing community of creative people. It has to be brothers and sisters that are willing uh, to support each other even when uh, the rest of the world uh, just doesn't understand. Uh, that's what we had to do in the family. We, there's, the worst of it was when we were on Kauai, and we still hung together. It wasn't until Father left that we started to disperse because, once again, you got to have, you don't have to have a central figure so much as the central doctrine. Oh, but I think the great thing about Father Yod is that he is such a symbol that, I mean, you know, of course there's going to be people who are awake to the age of Aquarius that use other symbols. But for those of us who are kind of hip to or into, maybe it's an aesthetic preference, you know, the uh, you, just the look of Father Yod, his face, his, his beard, his, his hair, and, uh, and, 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 you know, it kind of lights up your crown, just, you know, uh, connecting with him. So, uh, you know, so, I got to look for my tea. Do you know where I left my tea? I got to get it out of the chair. You left your tea? Yeah, somewhere around here. Oh, I'll turn on the light. I just I have it dim for mood. Find the tea so I don't knock it over. But he's he's already a symbol, is what I'm getting at. He's already there as well. Yeah, he he is already a symbol. But once again, don't confuse uh, the finger pointing at the moon or the moon with with the moon, and don't part of it confuse the moon, which reflects the eternal sun. Once again, the moon only reflects the sun. The finger pointing at the moon takes you to the moon, but the moon takes you to the sun, and then the sun takes you to the sun behind the sun. Right. Spiritual sun. Don't get caught up. You can't get caught up. And a lot of uh, people in the family are caught up. They're bogged down either by his uh, physical... Uh, person, um, uh, his lifestyle, instead of the teachings. Uh, it's uh, You can always say the same thing about Crowley. 
if you uh, look past what they say about his morals and his personal life, Crowley brought wisdom. Father brought wisdom. There were many. There are many people who will say that uh, he was just a dirt. Father was just a dirty old man. Right. And that it was just a con game. It's not true. Uh, there's so much verification for his wisdom. Just, uh, I could cite source after source after source, not to make a pun or anything. <laughs> I could cite his pedigree, studied with Vedanta monks. Okay, well... with Manly P. Hall. I guess then, I guess then maybe that changes the question. Because, yep. like, what, would it even be, because, okay... I, I'm not gonna like. I um, when I heard when I heard about Father Yod, my dad, the way I was raised, he was always saying, "Oh, you know, in another life, you and I, blah blah blah," and "Oh, oh you were your grandfather in a past life," and and all this stuff. So I, that's just kind of how I my default setting is to think. So I heard I heard about the Source family, and I heard about Father Yod, and I heard that he died in 1976. So my immediate thought was, "Oh my God, is that me?" 1975. And and I was born in 1978, and so so then you know then my you know first question is okay well maybe maybe but uh, if so then you know because earlier in this life there was one point where I inherited a house and I had a golden dawn temple and I was into tantric stuff and there was a band involved and everybody was taking acid and it was it just seemed like this cool phenomenon and I just had this vision for you know basically what you guys already did. And I didn't even know that I was that I was doing. People would say, "Oh, it's like the '70s over here at your house," and I didn't even know that it was because you guys had already existed. And uh, and so then the question becomes: Would it even be worth it to do the same thing again? Or uh, well, not, no, not in the same way. But like, uh, yeah. So 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 if if such a school were to come together in the future, then perhaps. You know, it would it would maybe have like uh, many influences, you know, including Father Yod, and and maybe the 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 word Aquarian would then be referring to the actual age of Aquarius more so than the you know people who were connected to the particular phenomenon that took place in Hollywood in the seventies. Well, that's what Father wanted. I know that's the frustrating thing. I mean, because whenever I like get myself involved in something and I try to chime up, people would be like, you know, you know, basically telling me to shove off and say, you know, this is kind of where people who were there talk about being there and reminisce about being there and share pictures of being there. And I'm like, well, never mind then. I guess I'm not part of that. You know, does that mean I'm not part of the age of Aquarius? Well, uh, Father said, we are the beginning of the sixth root race and it will be called the Aquarian race the previous one was the Aryan race and before that the Atlantean race and before that the Lemurian before that the Hyperborean and before that the Polarian and just to clarify for the podcast we're not talking Aryan race as in Hitler we're talking Aryan race as in so we're talking the Aryan races, race, where man uh, gained uh, uh, use of his reason. 
not the majority, but the, but uh, the philosophers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I just want to plug it in. I I have one in my back. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. But it was uh, according Hitler just used that. Hitler right. read uh, the same. This was from uh, Madame Blavatsky. Blavatsky. Yeah. Uh, she t- talked about these races, and uh, she predicted the six-root race. Yeah, I, I, I get, I get, I kind of phase out when they start bringing in the Blavatsky. To be honest, like they started doing that at the order I came from, and I was like, why, why are we doing this? Haven't we moved beyond this yet? Well, you have to uh, know there's, uh, you, you don't have to go through the whole book. Uh, there's one. Uh, called The Voice of the Silence, which is only like 40 pages, hmm. which is an immaculate book. And it's just, uh, it's she didn't write it. Uh, uh, all those, uh, The Secret Doctrine and Isis Unveiled were commentaries on uh, scripture she had been given. And she tried to cover all this ground, but... Uh, yeah, this is the book. Just get the voice of the silence. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I honestly haven't been able to summon up enough interest to read any Blavatsky. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I got so oversaturated with occult stuff. Um, personally, yeah. I think podcasts yeah. for other people who are interested in it, but I'm so burned out on it that I'm. It's it's just so easy for me to make this podcast because I'm so oversaturated in it. Uh, where the yoga podcast is a big challenge for me because yoga is a relatively new thing for me on the path. And but the thing with with you guys is you guys had both Golden Dawn and yoga, which is something that I was trying to create. You know, in the Golden Dawn order I came from, I was teaching a, a Golden Dawn yoga class, uh-huh. and uh, I had renamed the poses based on Golden Dawn symbolism. Uh, the the emerald tablet. The emerald emerald pose was uh, shoulder stand because it's the queen of the asanas and because you're inverted and you have your feet way up high and you have your head down on the ground. So I figured as above, so below, it's the emerald tablet of Hermes. And it's emerald because it's the, it's, it's Venus. It's the, the, uh, you know, the Empress card. And, uh, Oh yeah. It's also, uh, uh, the, sh- uh, throat chakra. When you do that shoulder stand, the bend is at uh, the throat. It, uh, the energy tends to collect at the throat center hmm. of the shoulder stand. Do you know the name of that chakra in uh, in Sanskrit? I always I'm trying to remember those. I uh, I Vishuddha. Oh right, v- v- Vishuddhi, right? Vishuddha. Yeah. Yep. Vishuddha. Yeah. My uh, my dad taught me the words, uh, you know, and so I always knew that chakra is hung, but that was just the word we would vibrate in the morning for that chakra. Um, I that, that actually may, might have come from theosophy uh, via the Italian. Uh, I think uh, that is the, uh, for each one of the chakras, there is uh, a syllable. Right. And I I think Hong is actually goes to the throat. Yeah, yeah, it's a Tibetan thing. I, I, uh, my dad taught it to me, and then I read it. So I guess you know, uh, I, I read it in the Lotus Born, the by Yishi Shogal, uh, the story of Padmasambhava. 
he Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. He he was on oh, a yeah. to become respected in the eyes of others by having gurus and learning things because he had innate knowledge and full memory of his three thousand years of life in India. Um and he exactly. thought he was right. by sure. men because he was too powerful and knew too much and so he had to go find gurus and say, Please teach me and, and give me the the anointments and all that. And so while he was going through that process, one of the women he met took her took his essence into her throat with the word hung and uh and then gave him all this this bounty, gave him something, something really special. I recommend the book, you know, anybody who's interested in that sort of thing, the lotus point it's a lotus. Uh, say the, the title again. The lotus born. The lotus born. Yeah, and and evidently, uh, uh, back then, the the words they used were Om Mani Padme Hung, H U N G, and uh-huh. right. Yeah. Then, but that I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. More recently, of course, since Tibet opened its borders, the Dalai Lama's, you know, been hanging out in India, obviously, for a long time, and he has corrected it. In his mind, I believe that is, uh, it, you know, it was uh, it was der- derivative of Om Mani Padme Hum, so it, it was correct to cor- bring it back to its original Sanskrit. But I prefer to use <laughs> the older uh, Tibetan one and say Hung instead of Hum. And, uh, well, there is uh, the very first technique that Yogananda gives out. It's called the Hongsa technique. You inhale Hong and exhale Sa. And together, it Hongsa uh, means swan, number one, almost akin to uh, Hamsa, which means swan. But it also means I am. Mm. So there's plenty of correspondence. Uh, the jewel in the lotus uh, is definitely the male and the female energies combined. Uh, uh, as you meditate, uh, the Ida and the Pingala that are united finally and. Uh, then the energy moves up the spine, energizes the chakras. It's also about chanting. The throat centers much about awakening. Uh, that that's, uh, One pole is the throat center, the venous center. The other pole is the medulla oblongata. That's the negative pole. But now, didn't we also have the uh, six additional... Uh, chakras um, just as uh, close as the uh, seven chakras in our uh, that the palms and the feet and the, in our sex mat. Oh, those chakras, those those two systems, the moon chakras. So there's six of them, and uh, regular chakras. You guys are just not talking. The regular seven. What are the moon chakras? Uh, Enoch, do you want to? Uh, Say anything? Yeah, of course. The the moon chakras are the balance to the sun chakras in the spine. You have the seven that go up the spine. At the shoulder points, the nipple points, and the ovary points. Uh, There are two each at the shoulder points, two each at the nipple points, 
and two each at the ovary points. And uh, they balance out. Uh, they are the six that balance out the seven and make 13. And 13 is a very special number because in Hebrew, it's the number of unity and love. So they uh, they rotate, uh, balancing out, and you can access those by uh, drawing energy into your hands and placing your hands over the shoulder points. Uh, Hold that. You know when you cross cross your hands in the LVX. Hold in the LVX. Of- Hi, George. Hey, Edward. Hey, which station? Uh, I just. I left uh, the gold station. I'm on Marriott Way, and I'm about to turn on the 56. I oh, you're on you're on the 83 bus? No, no, I'm not on the bus. I'm uh, I'm walking. Oh well, where are you? Uh, right now I'm on Marion Way, and I'm about to turn on to I believe 56 Avenue. Marion and 56. 56. 56. Just go back to the Highland Park station. I'll pick you up there. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll see you then. Cool. Bye. Is that all recorded okay? No. Tell Enoch we'll call him in two hours. Oh, no, no. We're I'm here. I'm here. Okay, you, you're still there? Uh, I'm back. Uh, you're back. Pick up George. Okay, no, you guys are going to keep going. I'm going to go pick up George, and you're going to keep going. You guys are going to keep recording. Okay. And I'm going to go pick up George. All right. And I'll I'll, I'll hear everything you say later, but okay. keep going, keep going, keep well, going. You know, it's going to play some of his recordings from his notebook Excellent. in person live. So I okay. will see you started. Soon. No, no, I'm just going to make sure everything's copacetic. Mm-hmm. Everything's still recording. Yeah, everything's okay. everything's live. So you guys keep going. Enoch, did you know you're on a TV show without video, just the audio? Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Okay, I'll turn on that. So, where are we? I'll get uh, just about ready here. I'll find something. Yeah. Go through your notebooks for five minutes. I like that sound on the podcast. Yeah, I know, right? Constellations within light up my inner firmament of starry wonder. I gaze upward and capture the light in my inner sight and am changed. I vibrate and resonate and reflect astral consciousness of higher mind into every atom. The celestic work continues as the force of generation becomes regeneration, reversal of flow in transmeditation, in suspension of mind flux, in redirection of prana, in theurgy and thaumaturgy, performing miracles within. The electromagnetic forces of the generative power are balanced within me. The solar and lunar currents are reconciled 
in the mystical marriage of opposites, I am renewed by their union and consummation, crowning splendor and glory, peak of rapture and bliss. My transliminal mind works beneath the surface of appearances, reversing samskaras of previous incarnations to free me from the bondage of old and obsolete thought forms. The eye of God shines upon me and renews me with the vision of the new. Open eye of solar angel, beaming bright, perfect telepathy, illumination of imagination, refreshed, renewed, vitalized, and restored by the presence, transmodified and transmorphed into evolution's vision of the future, reflecting the divine architect's image of the new temple and sanctuary. That vast countenance, countenance that ever shineth, the profuse giver of eternal creation, working in substance to awaken and reveal its true radiance in our bodies and minds, to reflect pure consciousness into all of our atoms and cells, to incarnate spirit. Resurrection on a daily basis, eternal change, liberation from form and name and conception, free radical energy waiting to be redirected in soulful meditation. The fire of spirit comes down and rests upon us giving counsel and guidance, igniting neurons and searing synaptic synergy, quantum advance in epiphany, and meaning flash, photon, event, surge, outpouring, in cascade of noumena, waterfall, flooding the brain. So Enoch, you've been reading about six of your uh, recent, what would you call them, haiku, poetry, narrative, uh, what do they call them, uh, those illustrated comics, uh, graphic novels? Well, I don't know what to call them yet. <laughs> they might be part of the oracles of Monstradamus. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I think it'll be really great. Let's... Uh, Get a couple ideas down and put them into the automatic story making machine. Right, I know. So, oh, this is a good thing. I'm glad, glad you arranged this. Yeah, the energy is definitely building. The uh, I already got hit with a freak thunderstorm today. Uh, Hailstorm as well. I just felt like it was a prelude to the energy that is coming. 
instant sweeping changes rushing over me, flooded with prana and consciousness, with the knowledge and conversation of the innate wisdom of the mind and body manifesting conscious life energy. The work proceedeth. The primal will has the reins of my personal vehicle. I receive his presence into my atomic structure and electronic field to do his will to perform his miracles. Third eye center, optic chiasma, lunar medulla, and pons in action with the hypothalamus, pituitary, and pineal. Awake and see the light. Intelligent reception of clear light into starry vessels in my inner velvet night. Water sound of flowing fresh spring brook. Naked in nature renewed. And once again, I am a child playing in the kingdom. Wow. Channeling Yehovah there. This is Enoch the Aquarian. On the Pyman oh, yeah. <laughs> what? podcast. Yeah, he still hasn't returned yet, but it's. Uh, uh, I, yep. you, you do these uh, graphic novels as you do your writing. Uh, yeah, right. Little movies. And that uh, was a great bunch of movies we had tonight. The serpent power is finding its way up my spine to kiss my inner stars with astral light. Pranayama, Mama, and mesmerizing meditation, reorganizing house of influence. Uh, Ina? Yep. Uh, could you do a take two on that one? I didn't have the uh, speaker in the okay. place for the mic. Okay. Right. Ready? Yeah. The serpent power is finding its way up my spine to kiss my inner stars with astral light. Pranayama, Mama, and mesmerizing meditation, reorganizing house of influence, preparing for a visitation of the holy guest. Sundance, moon dance, star dance, to inner music of the spheres. All of the notes struck at the perfect time, emanating colors into space, timing, rhythm, vibration, correspondence, winding, whirling, circling, prime, mobile of nebula. Oh, however, whichever. Do you want me to do it? No, I would like to plug it in. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Hello? Hello. How are you? I'm back. <laughs> so is there any way you can put another iPhone on, on the call? And have oh, I don't know. Three-way yeah, I have no idea. Video phone call? I, I, yeah, not at this point. Yeah, all, I, all I can do is record a phone conversation. But uh, 
we were going to go in the temple. At least, at least for the ambience. Can you, can you start recording now, or can I? Come I'm on? already recording. <laughs> Audio or just uh, audio? It should be on like a live stream. Oh, not FaceTime current. Huh? Is it FaceTime live? I have no idea what FaceTime is. It's like a Skype video. Oh, it's live video. It's like a live phone call. <sighs> oh, we got derailed earlier. Um, you were asking about how do I do planetary work, and I started talking about the lotus wand. Right. And then at one point you mentioned. Let me. I'm gonna off of speakerphone so that my voice uh, recording quality won't be as bad. Again, we'd have to drive to Fry's, and it would have to be in the future. Um, <laughs> see. More like seventy nine. I'm glad there's no video, it's just audio, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm moving my you're on the western altar. The phone is that is. You Put the uh, exit escape so you can't leave. Yeah, now we can't leave the temple. Ever. The uh, the western altar is now up against the western wall of the temple. That's the initiation. Now whatever this is initiating, we're in. <laughs> and now Zarathustra is sitting on the Hyrus throne, and he's got in his right hand the Sword of Deborah. Go ahead and take this the hilt with your right hand. And then with your left hand the banner of the West. And this way, when a demon appears, all you have to do is hold up this banner and that sword, and, well, at least in Golden Dawn Pathworking, that, that's a kill-all. That'll do it. Um, especially projecting this symbol with the uh, white triangle and the red cross with the, red, with the golden outline around the red cross, but it's also important that the Banner be shaped this way and have the tassel. Oh, I envy you, you guys right so now just to be in there and amongst all of us. I miss that from previous lifetime. Well, we'll, uh, you know, next time you're down here or if I do a road trip. Yeah, right. Exactly. Some of the essentials. I mean, it, it doesn't take much, you know, to. Yeah, this room could fit the, the little small trailer, 16 foot trailer. Yeah. 16 by 16. But uh, the jewel in the lotus, speaking of the jewel in the lotus, inside of the, the, inside of the lotus, on top of the lotus wand, there's a little orange dot, and it's the jewel in that lotus. And, uh, yeah, it's where the philosophic mercury, the thought, the word, uh, goes into the lotus. So basically the lotus, as a sincere image of Isis, I just knocked over the phone. automatically uh, invokes Thoth, her teacher. Disturbed the German. Oh no! It, no. It's it perfect. And uh, anyhow, so, so, so planetary magic. Okay, so it's the planets in the sky. I don't know where the planets are right now, but I, uh, if I knew, yeah. do you know? Do you happen to know where Venus is? It's something that's in the sky right now. 
and we'll do the rainbow banana band sphere in action since I talked about it in the episode where you, you first were introduced. Well, do you have that screensaver with the bubbles? The screensaver with the bubbles? The, the screensaver was on upstairs when you were doing something. I don't know, maybe that was a video. I do have that, but I'm I'm not sure how it connects to. Where isn't the bubble? Isn't the uh, rainbow banana thing in that background? In no. The, yeah, it is. <laughs> you mean the natural iridescence of a bubble? Well, they sh they show like a little small diorama. A bit of a bit of a rainbow in your in your picture that's on your desktop. Oh, on the that video. Sure that's on, on the video for the video. For the, you mean the uh, episode that Enoch's in? I didn't know. Is that, it's got bubbles floating around in it and... Uh, well, yeah, that was the screensaver, but I, I, I really don't know what you mean about this. But anyway, the rainbow banana band sphere, I could, I could explain it again just so that we're all on the same page. Yeah. Um, okay, so here we have a symbol. It's called the Tablet of Shoe Bread. Um, the... Uh, shoe? Shoe, well, show bread. It's, it's basically show bread, but it's shoe bread, S-H-E-W-B-R-E-A-D. It's an old English thing. It's tablet. It's biblical. Um, the, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. With twelve, there were it, there were twelve loaves laid out on the northern side of the holy place, and one for each tribe of Israel. And then later, I don't know if it was originally Golden Dawn or if they had gotten it from one of the many orders that all the chiefs were members of. Um, but they they in zealotory you get to be introduced to the connection between the 12 tribes and the 12 signs of the zodiac and the 12 single letters. So it's basically uh, the, it, the symbolism introduced in the Sefer Yetzirah plus uh, some, some extra added symbolism just for good measure. And then I always like to try to find the connection between the tribe and the apostle. And I, the best I could figure it was that Judas was was Judah? He was tribe tribe of Judah, but there was another Judah. There was a, there were two. Judas. No, 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 wrong. Oh, the uh, he's, uh, he's Scorpio. Oh, that makes more sense. That makes yep. sense. Just his name is very connected to the tribe of Judea. I mean, you know, linguistic. Right. Well, yeah. Um, the Catholic Church took his name and totally discredited the Jews. Because his name was Judah, yeah, Judas betrayed Christ. So the uh, uh, the Jews betrayed Christ, and so they had power over the Jews by just uh, that guilt trip, the the uh, propaganda and everything like that. Well, so then it becomes a question, and this is a serious question, and it's only for Golden Dawn nerds like us. Is right. What does it mean that Judas, the one, okay, if, you know, I mean, it's like, let's say we all have an ex-girlfriend that's a Scorpio. I currently have a, a, a lovely wife who's a Scorpio, so I have a very positive flowing relationship with Scorpio. And if we do the analysis of the keyword, it's Isis, Apophis, Osiris, and Apophis is sort of the bad guy, the one, but he's also the one that catalyzes the transformation. So in the act of performing the analysis of the keyword, you come to terms with the destructive nature of Scorpio. And so, you know, Judas is necessary for the whole process to take place. But what does it mean to us who contain all 12 of these in our own nature, and at the heart we contain an, our inner son, that Judas 
would be Scorpio? What does that mean for us and our inner Christ? Well, for Scorpio, we have to. It's it's part of the regeneration process. Uh, you will be betrayed by uh, dissipating your Scorpio or reproductive power. You have to use it. Uh, you have to. Uh, he, uh, he becomes. He dies. He's the hanged man, and then becomes uh, the resurrection of uh, of the sexual energy, really, and he's replaced by Matthias, uh, the thirteenth disciple, and it, it it's like the uh, scorpion becoming the eagle. So Matthias would represent the eagle. Yeah. Exactly. Do you have the other 11 figured out by any chance? Oh, uh, no. That's going to be a hard one. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I always associated John with the eagle because the church does. In all the uh, the, the, the church, uh, you know, the symbolism on the uh, stained glass and everything, um, they always put John as the eagle. They always have the cherub as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So those ones I always figured were a no-brainer. Yeah, well, they, they put them with the, uh, yeah, the four, four fixed signs of the Zodiac. Right. Uh, like in the uh, 10 card and the 21 card in the Tarot. That's why that's okay, I'm a little, the identification. The translation from 10 card to, that means the one before Libra, which is, okay, just before Lamed. All thinking about Hebab, Zion, Taitet, Yotaf, Kaf. Oh, oh, Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Sorry, I don't know by their numbers very well. You said 10, and what was the other one? 21? 21. That's the talk card. That's yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so Jupiter and, and Saturn. Yeah. Basically. Right. So, okay. What's the so polarity there? Is Scorpio... Yeah. Sorry, what? Uh, the polarity of... Uh, 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 Jupiter and uh, the profuse giver, and Saturn, who is the uh, extreme, the other extreme, uh, the contractual, the expansive, and the contracting powers are represented in those two cards, Saturn and Jupiter. Well, well, Jupiter, great whirling, and Saturn is the center from which the whirling comes, the contraction of the singularity that created the world. Wait, what was the, what was the story with the... Uh, uh, the Lucinian-Saturn drama that we were going to do? Are you talking to me? Yeah. About I, Saturn? I think... Oh, Saturn has to be... Saturn has to be... Uh, Instead of being the uh, kind of the evil Saturn, it has to be, it it represents contraction. So it's like the contraction of birth. That has to be the uh, the theme of Saturn. Paul Foster Case even said that. Uh, one of the remarkable things about uh, Saturn is the, the idea of contraction and how it relates to birth. Because she is the uh, on the tree of life, she is the gateway of matter. Without without Bina, you cannot have the rest of the tree of life. 
she is the mother. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I really like to include that Mystic Road stuff with the uh, with the sex magic and the uh, Eleusinian mystery. I think that's the perfect blend. Well, it, oh, right. it has yeah, it has to be about tantra. It has to be about accessing your generative energy and knowing how to use it. There's nothing. Uh, it's basically it's. It's only a technique. There's no use uh, to even uh, have a purient interest in sexuality. It's a force to be used. I don't it's, think uh, you're yeah. it, it, You have to have that, uh, uh, whatever that. Uh, One of the things it says uh, uh, in the uh, Abermel and the Mage, inflame thyself with prayer. Raise your aspiration. Take that energy and bring it up. Bring it towards creativity. Don't dissipate it in the, uh, what's the, is it the eighth command? No, seventh commandment. Squander not your creative force and lust. The commandments of the Ten Commandments for the Age of Aquarius. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, you know, yes. I've read those. I, I just, it's been a while. Well, I thought that was yes. the sixth commandment. The man and his woman are one. Yeah. Well, the seventh is, squander not thy creative force and lust, but only come together when your uh, physical, emotional, and mental bodies are in harmony with spiritual love. I wasn't quite the wording, but yep. it was close. Yeah. Yep. yep. It was a, uh, and that's the way to do magic too. You have to you have to be right on. You have to be in harmony if you're going to do a really uh, comprehensive ritual that attains anything. You have to have those three bodies in sync. So, uh, did you still want me to go over that planetary thing? Well, do you use the uh, uh, the hexagram of birth for each one of the planets that you invoke? Well, if I'm doing an SIRP, for instance, or an SIRH, rather, of a particular planet, and that, but I wanted to do a particular example in the moment, do you happen to know um, what planet is in the sky right now? No, not really, no. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't either. So, okay, well... Uh, <laughs> I, that's that's minus two esoteric nerd points for both of us. Both of us. No, no. Okay, so I'm going to pretend. Uh, I'll just give an example. Uh, let's let's pretend for a moment that Venus is in Scorpio. Venus is in Scorpio in my uh, my my uh, birth birth chart, for instance. Um, so right now it's 10:45 p.m. So that means that since it's approaching autumn the sun is going to be basically somewhere between the western horizon and straight down i would say about halfway between the western horizon and straight down so if we calibrate ourselves to a rainbow banana band sphere that is at a natural chart on the equator that would mean that the red line that goes from the clock in the south to polaris across the eastern horizon uh, is in the east, 
and the green line is in the west, and the indigo line goes overhead, and the amber line goes beneath, and then fill in the rest. But since it's 10.45 p.m., and what day is it? It's September 4th. So it's Shabbat, isn't it? It is Shabbat. And so it's... Uh, so it's a, all, getting getting toward halfway between the uh, edges of uh, of Leo. So right now the sun's in Leo and it and it's well below the horizon. So we just have to figure the relationship between Leo, which is yellow, and uh, and Scorpio, which is teal or bluish green. Well, you gave me this app, right? So yeah, but we're gonna not. We don't need that. We're gonna look at it. No, we're not going to look at it. That's the point of this. That's the point of the rainbow banana band spheres. They can be but free of these contraptions. You can look at it if you want, but I'm going to finish gonna finish what I'm finish what I'm talk, talking about. No, yeah, no, I'm not going to interrupt what I'm saying to help you to use a phone to to <laughs> to make what I'm saying seem useless. That in the way that having legs is useless if you own a car, uh, they're not useless. It's good to walk around and, and exercise your brain. Um, <laughs> the uh, so the, the the yellow line right now, where Leo is, is uh, is right here, and so the one that rises after Leo is going to be the 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 yellow green one. So as the yellow one's moving this way toward the east, the green one follows the yellow green one. Then the green one, which we can safely assume that for all of us, since you're in Oregon, is going to be toward the western horizon, but about 15 degrees above the western horizon when you get to the west but of course one end of that rainbow banana band attaches to the southern clock and the other attaches to polaris the southern clock has got to be a little lower than eye level and so therefore scorpio is 30 degrees higher than that so 45 degrees up from the horizon and since we're going to pretend that venus is in the middle of that scorpio band then i'm going to point my lotus wand right there and i'm going to slide on down to since it's above the horizon and not below the horizon i'm going to go with libra and i'm going to point right at venus and then i'm going to draw a big circle and then i'm going to do the earth invoking hexagram of venus and points if you can tell me what I left out. Um, I don't know. But Yod, the Aleph and Ararita, the first one stands for Saturn. The Resh stands for Jupiter. The Aleph stands for Mars. The Resh stands for the Sun. And then the first Yod, the, the Yod stands for Venus. And the uh, the Tav stands for Mercury, and the Aleph stands for Luna. So if I'm invoking, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, if I'm invoking Venus, then I got to invoke the Yod in Ararita, which means all is one. Kind of a mind blower. And then after I'm done with that, I'm going to draw a big old circle, and I like to do it. You know, I dip below the the eastern horizon, and then draw. Uh -huh. But I'm actually making a sphere, and then I point right at it. <laughs> And then open up with the, with the rending of the veil just a bit and allow that green energy to funnel in to the sphere. And then I have a space filled with the very light that is 
generated by that green planet. That may or may not be right up there. I will have to check and see if it's actually in Scorpio. So that's how I invoke planets. Okay. Yeah. And if it were below the horizon, then I would do the hexagram in the east and use the night house of Venus. Yeah, I uh, I need to practice. It's uh, fun. I, you just do play this back and do just what you said. <laughs> yeah. I a circle just in the same place. Oh, but only it's if uh, only if it's 10:45 p.m. on September 4th and Venus happens to be in Scorpio. Otherwise, you have to figure it all out yourself, or use one of those cheating methods where you you, you download the sky map or something, and then you just go, "Oh, there's Mercury. Oh, there it is. Okay." And then you point your lotus wand. That's perfectly acceptable, especially if you're invoking Mercury. I would say if you're invoking Mercury, use your phone. If you're not invoking Mercury, then well, Tabitha Cicero would slap you across the face, tell, which did me. Tell, tell Pymander what Ao means. I don't know how to say where it is. Oh, mother's name. Who's the planet Ao? Remember we had the seven planets, our new names? Ao was Venus. Oh. You got it right. Oh, Om was Venus. Yep. Aquarian Oh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the sun's name was Omni. And, uh... Elom. Aum. Aum. Aum and, uh... Shalom. Uh, the, uh, Shalom was the name of the Earth. Soma was the name of the Moon. What was next? Uh, Ta'om was Mars. Um, was it Shurulom? Yeah. Was Jupiter next? Shurulom, Silom, take us home, which was eight, right? And home is serious. Uh, right? we got to go get out our textbooks. We forgot our textbooks now. The two <laughs> students left of Yahweh's teaching. <laughs> Right. Gotta go study tonight. Oh yeah, we gotta go back to school. Yeah, so you can uh, come on the podcast and and uh, then let us know what we find out. So, okay, yeah, we'll get the chance. Paranerds out there memorizing their source family correspondences. Yeah, there's a special <laughs> chant. Uh, uh, it's like uh, yeah, it goes Omni. Well, we Tao T became our. Uh, we changed the name to Tao T for Mercury. Then it was Aum, and then yeah, then it was Shalom was the Earth, Soma. Then Taom was Mars. There was no. Is there Mercury and Venus? Mercury was was Tau T. Venus was our home. Why wasn't that even in the song? Tau T. It goes uh, Elom, Aum, Shalom, Soma, well, Shalom, Silom, take us home. But how do you sing Nine it? In ten, I don't remember. You know how uh, to sing it? It's a nursery rhyme. Just, it's just... Well, it's, I, I, I've got the lyrics out. Tale. We'll have to do it next time, but... It's just I'm just telling you the names. You're just singing a sketch. Uh, uh, like uh, Do Re Mi Fa So La Ti Do? Yeah, it was kind of like that. It was like a scale. Yeah, it was it a was. scale. 
Omni. And you it was Elom. Elom was the first name of Mercury. Okay. Omni, Elom, Venus. Sure, Elom. No. Uh, after uh, Om comes um, Shalom. Uh, Shalom. We're the peaceful planet. Or supposed to be. <laughs> Soma. Then Ta'om. Oh. Then Spirome. Spirome was uh, Jupiter. Right. And then Shuralom was Saturn. And then Let's see, then... Those were all channeled by Bonadilla. Elom was Uranus. That's why we had to change the Elom of Mercury to Tau T, so that there was no confusion. Then it was Vaom, which was Neptune. With what? What was Vaom? Neptune. Neptune? Wow. I don't remember what Pluto's was. Then there was Silo. Maybe Pluto was Silo. No. Then there was Home, the undiscovered planet. Wasn't that Pluto? No, I, uh, I think Silo was. I have bad news for everybody. There's a whole bunch of people in this house and only one bathroom. And I've been constipated for two days, so now I'm going to have to use the water, the water closet. Or the, the, porcelain, the porcelain convenience, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, let's wrap up the podcast. That's that's a good device good. for, for yeah. wrapping up because this is sort of an endless conversation, and I think the three of us ought to continue it and maybe bring some other people in on it next time, and uh, maybe people will have questions. If anybody has any questions who's listening, uh, you know, feel free to post them on the wherever on the Facebook page, and uh, these guys are on there also. I've done the next Friday, but this is Saturday morning now, right? It's going to be Saturday morning pretty soon. And um, why don't we do it this Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday. I'm teaching on Wednesday at 1. Yeah, it should be fine. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us, Enoch. You bet. Signing off. We'll see you next time, tomorrow night. Yahoa. 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 Good night. everything in the uh, VOTA teachings and its environment, processional, was what Yehovah read to us and he said everything that I, you know, I do here is meant to be something that you replicate on for the future children of your children. Right. You're my children, but your children also need to have everything that went in every one of these classes. Yeah. You know, well, Manly P. Hall didn't have the Source family to, to draw from, you know? Well, that's the... It was the other way around. <laughs> it's very important that you mention that, the mm -hmm. book Secret Teachings of All Wisdom. Of All Ages. Of All Ages mm -hmm. uh, is all... is, is a per perfect encyclopedia. So I'm thinking, I mean, schools as they are. Do you talk about the sacred or was your? 
Oh, making content on it? No, this is we're taking uh, more than the daily allotted dosage for marijuana in the source family. I think we've we've taken already three times the allotted dosage sometimes for daily. This, sometimes we add this much for days in a row. Well, <laughs> I can imagine if you had 140 people and everybody was going to take one big six-second hit, then, I mean, it makes sense. It seems like, okay, we've got this much weed, we've got this many people. Everybody, take one big six-second hit. But there was probably more to it than just that, right? Well, that's why that was ceremoniously he, yeah. a structure, but... I mean, because he could have more than that to give is not necessary. Yeah. It's really enough, and uh, you end up there's just also there smoking weed all day. The main principle of the sacraments that we use in the group is that moderation is everything. Yeah, but it's very important to even be able to be moderate in not moderating and have have, have exceptions or what do you call it um, uh, orgies, right? Orgies of the mind. Orgies of the mind. Thank you, Z. Thank you, Enoch. And to you listening, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, be kind. Yahuwah.